1: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.
0: Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson. Along with me is Nick Springer. Hey. Quarterback saga continues on for KU football. When will it end? I feel like we're on an endless carousel right now, and it's not fun. I'm not enjoying it.
2: Yeah, because it's one of those things where if you're on a carousel long enough, you like start to get sick.
0: Yeah. Because it's like you just I'm keep going to around. And, yeah, you just keep I going around and around. I have puked, but I'm oh. nauseous. I'm you, nauseous. Know, you just keep
2: going around, and it's like, <laughs> you know,
0: first couple times around, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Then you're like, dude. Now the music's getting annoying. Yeah. It, We've like, been on too long. No, thank you. Dude, I just want to get off the carousel, please. Uh, So we're going to be talking about this quarterback stuff coming up here in just a moment. Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, will join us later this hour. KU Mailbag in the 4 o'clock hour. uh, We'll have our Chiefs Lions preview. Kansas City has the NFL opener tonight. And then we got uh, a bunch of KU football audio from players. Brian Borland, Andy Kotelnicki, plenty more coming on today's show. We are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. Um, So what I wanted to lead off with here was... The biggest questions that maybe could be answered this week, because we yeah. we still had certain questions that, you know, are, aren't totally or entirely answered in an FCS game. Oh, yeah. It's just not possible Listen, for it At the it end of the
2: happen. day, you're not going to learn everything you want to learn from an you're FCS not.
0: opponent. And you're still not going to learn everything you want to know from this game. It's still just, at this yeah. point, you'll be done with, you know, one-sixth of the season. You'll be done with two-twelfths of the season. But... Because this is your first non-FCS game, and more than that, because this is against a, a quality opponent who, I think, gives yeah. you a good projection about how you're going to do against some other Big 12 opponents, we're going to learn just about as much in this game as, as almost any other game we're going to see this season.
2: Yeah, I mean, this this might be the best pass rush KU faces all season, potentially. It really, or the, yeah, or the it most, really could. The most quality D-line, certainly.
0: Yeah. So uh, biggest questions that could be answered this week. Let's just start with the quarterback position because that is the latest news for today. Pete Thamel, a college football senior writer for ESPN, took to Twitter to say this. Kansas star QB Jalen Daniels is expected to play against Illinois on Friday night after missing the opener against Missouri State with tightness in his back. The staff still has not determined if Daniels or backup Jason Bean will start against Illinois. And then he said Daniels took a significant amount of snaps in practice for Kansas this week, and his situation has improved. So mm-hmm. it's the last part. Has not determined if Daniels or backup Jason Bean will start. Yeah, I'm, I that that is puzzling because,
2: if hypothetically, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, Dylan Daniels is
0: ready to play. Why wouldn't Why, would, <laughs> why and, and he start? It feels like one of those things like, where it's like, okay, if he's good enough to rotate in and play, why, <laughs> why would, would we- you not just start him? no i agree like like why would you why wouldn't you just make him the starter i mean
2: if he's gonna play carousel music if he's he's gonna play (laughs) why wouldn't he just be the starter and then you have and then you have jason bean rotate in i mean is Jalen daniels not qb1 if he is and he's healthy enough to play (laughs) why wouldn't he why wouldn't he be the starter or you just want to start i mean i don't know man or is this one of those things where like somebody's got to be the starter but
0: it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. i don't know man like I, I, I'm, I'm a bit puzzled. So I mean, when you when you link this up with the Brett McMurphy report from earlier this week that said he was going to start, do you just view this as maybe this is mind games from Lance Leipold?
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, like we talked about earlier in the week, I'm at the stage where I just I don't yeah, really believe anybody until game time uh, tomorrow yeah. night. You know, well, I mean, for what it's worth, we have a
0: tweet, know. too, from Bryson Stricker. Jalen Daniels will start at QB for Kansas tomorrow, barring a massive material change. There's absolutely no discussion internally about who is going to start per source with knowledge Yeah, the that's race. obviously a lot more definitive. Yes.
2: No, <laughs> no internal discussion about if he's going to start or not. So, I, I don't know. But the, my big takeaway from all this is I don't really think it matters whether Jalen starts or Jason starts. It seems pretty clear that they're both probably going to play a decent amount. And there may even be a situation where – Jalen is in for a little bit and then Jason Bean comes in for some drives at some point or something. I, I don't know. I mean, or they're going to put them both on the field at the same time. I, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know. I mean, I'm I'm honestly, you know, one of the things about like mind games and like trying to figure out what's going on, it's like kind of fun. Like, okay, here's a good example. Playing the board game Clue. It's fun, but eventually you just get annoyed by it. You're mm-hmm. just like, I just want to know. I just want to understand I just I don't I'm tired of it all. I just want to understand what's going on here. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I think the reality situation is we're going to be
0: stuck playing Clue for a little bit while longer, I think. (laughs) Even beyond this week, probably. Okay. So uh, if you had to to tie this in with Clue reference, so So make make your guess, just for fun of it. I'm going to say Jalen Daniels with the football in the first quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Jason Bean with the ball in the end zone. (laughs) Okay. No idea what that means. And honestly, whatever. This is going to continue on to tomorrow. We're going to have to continue to speculate. It's stupid. It's, I don't, whatever. (laughs) I Um, mean, like I said, it's kind of fun, but at a certain point you're like, this is no longer fun. It's it's enough. You play Clue long enough for five hours and you can't figure out what's going on. And you're like, dude, throw the whole board. Just (laughs) screw it all. I don't know. Okay. uh, Beyond that, biggest questions that could be answered this week. I want to know about the running back share moving forward. Yeah, you know, I think this game will be a lot more indicative of what that running back share is going to be because last week you get up by so much and you're putting in other running backs. And um, we saw that last year, week one against Tennessee Tech. Like, Devin Neal only had four carries. You had a bunch of guys who had more carries than him, but a bunch of guys had a handful of carries. Then against West Virginia, the very next week, it was basically two guys. Like I think Kai Thomas got like two carries. Savion Morrison might have gotten one. But it was like all outside of that. It was Jalen Daniels. It was Daniel Hyshawn. It was Devin Neal last year in the second game. So I think this one's going to be similar. I think it's going to narrow down uh, itself to two running backs and Jalen Daniels slash Jason Bean uh, with the majority of carries. And maybe one or two or or maybe you know three goes to the third guy. And I think this was maybe less of a discussion going into the year because it, it felt like obviously Devin Neal will be part of that. But it felt like Daniel Hyshaw would be that guy. But I thought Daniel Hyshaw struggled until that fourth-quarter rushing touchdown. He had the fumble. He didn't look, look fumble, as explosive yeah. early on. Whereas Dylan McDuffie, I thought, looked really good. He took his first touch to the house that... Um, I don't know. Is there any... like uh, Savion Morrison played well in the fourth quarter? Any thought in your mind that maybe... It could be like a different work share than Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw. That maybe it's Devin Neal and somebody else. Maybe it's Devin Neal as a workhorse back, right? Like, how do you kind of foresee the running back usage going?
2: No, well, I do think Devin Neal as a workhorse back is a very real possibility. Uh, you know, I started thinking about it some more after, in the wake of the Missouri State game. And we know for a fact that Devin Neal was not 100% for a good, for some games last season. There were some games where he was dealing with, you know, something that was nagging him one way or the other and maybe that was more the reason why he wasn't being used as much. So maybe it is possible that they're just like, dude, this guy is elite. We need to get him the ball as much as possible. I think that's a very real possibility. I think when it comes to Daniel Highshaw, he's going to definitely get his chances, but Lance Leipold is the type of coach where if you continue to put the ball on the ground, you're probably not going to be seeing the field very much, mm-hmm. especially when you've got a guy like Dylan McDuffie behind you who is a veteran running back. Who has played for Lance Leipold before? Who is a proven thousand-yard rusher in his college career? Like that's a guy that you can definitely rely on to be a solid, solid spell of a running back. If that, if you, you know, if somebody needs a blow, so I would not be shocked if Dylan McDuffie is more of a part of this offense going forward than maybe we anticipated going into the season. I mean, obviously Daniel Hyshaw is a very quality running back, but. I don't know, man, if you, if you can't hang on to the ball, that's going to really limit how much you're going to be able to be on the field and take carries. So I'm looking at Dylan McDuffie. Savion Morrison's my guy, but again, <laughs> I mean, he, he's he's my guy for two carries a game. Maybe. Max. I don't know. So I, I look at him definitely by far as the, as the final fiddle of that group. But listen, for a guy like Savion Morrison, he may only need two carries a game to make his impact known. I mean, if he's getting two carries a game, but he's getting, you know, and around greatest for 25 yards. carry running back of all time. <laughs> he might be. He might be. So, yeah, I'm curious about that too uh, with with Devin Neal. I feel like in a game like this against Illinois, I don't expect Devin Neal to be just a workhorse guy that gets the ball a lot because this is an Illinois front seven that is going to be very very physical and you are going to feel the pain of these guys, I feel like <laughs> if you, you know, when you run into him. So, I think in this game specifically, I Probably expect it to be more of a little bit of a spread around. And then, obviously, we we talk about this. I mean, we we had this conversation. If KU runs 55 plays, 50 plays. I don't remember how many plays they ran against Missouri State. I think it was around 50, 55. And you're going to run the ball 25 times. Well, if Jason Bean and Jalen Daniels are going to combine for, like, 10 to 12 runs, that's half the total runs that you would have. So then if Devin Neal's going to get 10, now you literally have, like, four carries left to go Mm -hmm. to the other guys. (laughs) So... I, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it shakes out, but I wouldn't I would be not surprised if Dylan McDuffie gets more involved. I expect Devin Neal. I don't know in this game that he'll be necessarily be a workhorse guy just because of the physicality of the team you're playing, but KU has that luxury where they don't necessarily need to look at Devin Neal and say, Hey, you gotta go out there and take and get twenty five carries against a big ten thick uh <laughs> front seven.
0: The thick so. squad.
2: <laughs> that's, no, that's the law firm to you. The law firm.
0: They are the law firm, which I still don't understand why that's the nickname. But anyway, it's because,
2: dude, it's because, you know, when you think about law, the thing about law firms is you need catchy nicknames, you know, like, I don't know, something like that. And, and so
0: it's Newton and Randolph. Doesn't that sound like a law firm to you? Yeah, I guess, but couldn't you do that with like any two last names if you're combining players? Not necessarily. Like, I don't think you should allow be allowed to do like the Daniel's, law firm with multiple like, players.
2: Daniels and Neal does not sound like a good law firm. I disagree. I think Randolph. that could
0: be a, a law firm. No, Dan- Newton Randolph sounds way better. No, nah, Daniels and Neal, I could hear that too. <laughs> I, I no, think or like you should Dane, only be allowed and to Graham, be in law. No, it has,
2: and Graham attorneys at law. No, yeah, I can
0: see that. No, um it's got to <laughs> be catchy law names. No, but I, like you could easily do it. it. Could be like I don't know, like. Arnold and Casey, attorneys at law. Like No, see, so yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound as good. I disagree. I think all of them sound the same. No, nope. I think you can only claim <laughs> the law firm title, which, by the way, this, so this is, if you don't know, this is the nickname of the Illinois defensive tackles. I think it has to be an individual. Yeah. Like, remember ben, ben Jarvis Green Ellis? That was fine being the law firm. That was three names, long names, you know. <laughs> to, to break a shot, Ferguson. Yeah, law fine firm. with that, Sure. No, it's got to be specific good law names. <laughs> okay, okay, it's got to be. But I you don't know, think you can do it with multiple Newton players, and Randolph. I don't think that that works. But that's how law firms are. There's always multiple names. I know, but you, you know, can't it's just... not. It's you know, it's always
2: multiple guys. Mm, I don't like it. It's got to be no. That's what it's got to be. No, I, don't and like I think it. it sounds good. I mean, Newton and like, dude, Randolph. That's the classic like old white guy law firm <laughs> name. hundred percent.
0: Okay. okay, so Newton and Randolph—it makes perfect sense. Well, speaking of of the law firm, those two defensive tackles, both preseason All-Americans, I think they had over yeah. 80 quarterback hurries last year so, for Illinois combined.
2: There's uh, Newton, number four. Yeah. Newton—he's the 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 guy that's viewed as potentially like a top ten prospect for the NFL draft next season. He's he's the real heavy hitter, but Randolph certainly holds his own as well.
0: Yes. So I think to that notion, one big question that could be answered is the KU line just good or is it great?
2: Yeah, I mean if you if you really neutralize this D-line and the with the way with the style that they play and the size that they have, to me that completely flips how you would view the KU offensive line. They go from being a pretty good offensive line to being like maybe one of the best in the Big 12, right? At that point. I mean, I think this is probably one of the toughest D-lines you're going to face all season,
0: I would think. I would think so. Yes. So, because if you neutralize there, there might that, be, like similar athletes on, you know, in Oklahoma or a Texas, but When you look at production plus the athleticism plus the NFL pedigree, you might be able to say other teams are on par with them later this year, but I don't think there will be any that are better than what you're playing right now. Yeah.
2: No, I I would agree with that. So, again, if you go out and shut them down and neutralize them, how do you not view the O-line for KU as being one of the best of the Big 12 at that point? I think you have to. Yeah. So I'll be very curious to see how they handle that. And and I think this kind of circles back into the discussion with Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean is like, this is kind of not really the game you necessarily want to throw Jalen Daniels back out there with a bad back potentially because if he gets crunched,
0: you know, one time, well, I mean, that, that could be really bad. That is a real thing that could happen in this game. Well, Jalen Daniels does just come out get blasted at some point, and then yeah. it's Jason Bean the rest of the game. That would make you feel even worse about the quarterback situation moving forward than it would if just Jalen Daniels didn't play at all, right? Yeah, uh, wait, So repeat that. So, if you like, which would make you feel worse? Jalen Daniels not playing at all, them being like, we're still taking it slow, or Jalen coming back and getting crunched and then missing the rest of the game because I of the I would feel hit. much
2: worse about that. Correct. I mean, if yeah. he goes out there and it's like, you know, it's a third down and long, and he gets sacked, and then he comes out of the game and he doesn't come back, yeah. that's like... Panic! Panic! Yes. Panic! Panic! That's like
0: defcon one. one like, it's like we are well, so screwed. Maybe they're just being, you know, slow with it, and they just don't want to risk anything.
2: No, that would be that would be sound the alarm, uh, turn on your tornado sirens. <laughs> you know, panic. Uh,
0: very bad.
2: Can't think of anything worse. I mean,
0: that would be a disaster. But if they won a game like this with Jason Bean, then it would be like, okay, yeah, now we got something cooking. Yeah, because um, I mean,
2: wouldn't you, okay, wouldn't you view Illinois at this point as like a seven or eight win team potentially? Yes.
0: I mean, they won eight last year. They they almost beat Mississippi State in the bowl game, so they could have been to nine But this is an eight-win regular season team last year. They finished number 21 in the ESPN-SP Plus overall last year, so basically a top 25 team. Um, obviously, obviously, no, they, they lost a, lot, of a lot, players, lot, but they're still, they still probably a team a lot, though, too.
2: you would expect to win
0: six, seven, eight games. There's a note in the media guide here. It says uh, something about them bringing back like a ton of... Uh, Big Ten, Yeah, they, Illinois returned 10 All-Big Ten players from a year ago. That's the most returning All-Big Ten players in the Big Ten West and the fourth most in the conference behind only Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. So, pretty, yes, they did lose a lot. They lost good. the entire secondary, lost the quarterback, lost, lost the running, running back. back. Yeah. But outside of that, it's like, okay, like everything else is back. So, yeah, if, if the KU offensive line does well, if the rushing attack does well, if they keep uh, the, the pressure off the quarterback, we're going to start having conversations of we know the KU offensive line is good but can yeah. they be great can they be dominant this is now, a great way to show it
2: one thing that i've started thinking about today is it feels like every storyline and all the focus on this game is on the ku offense against the illinois defense are we not are we not putting enough emphasis on the matchup of illinois's offense versus KU's defense
0: well let's do that right now okay what do you think because typically when you think of Brett Bielema offense you think of these giant offensive linemen running the football and they do have that ability but they are kind of a balanced offense i was yeah. impressed and Luke with Luke Aldier he can yeah. he can scramble he can he, scramble. Yeah.
2: and it sounds like it sounds like the Illinois coaching staff was pretty impressed with him as well in the game against Toledo so
0: and that's the thing i mean uh, we know like uh, there's a very big correlation between ku winning games between ku losing games with how their rush defense goes
2: yeah
1: yeah
0: exactly it's almost it's Last season, especially, it wasn't even really necessarily what the
2: offense did in, in games. It was more about what the defense did or didn't do that ended up winning or losing them games. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm more curious about that. I don't I don't I don't know who's to blame. I mean, maybe we're to blame because I guess we're part of it. But it feels like we haven't been talking enough about this matchup of the offensive of Illinois versus KU's defense because. They've got a they've got a quarterback in Luke Altmaier that is a was a high rated highly rated recruit from Ole Miss so you know he can throw the ball around they've actually got a stable of pretty talented receivers as well so this probably will be a real test for the secondary of KU and then again this is probably a team also that's going to want to line up and run HB dive a lot so can you stop the run? Why
0: do you always laugh when I talk about HB dive? I just it's the way you just like dismiss it as it's just like this <laughs> caveman basic like. <laughs> Just HP, every run play is just like, we're just going to pound your brains out with HP Dive up (laughs) the middle. I just, I love that. Uh, (laughs) That's what it is, man. Every, dude, any run play that I see, HP Dive. That's the run.
2: Yeah, no, I love (laughs) that. It doesn't matter. Outside zone, inside zone, stretch, no. It's all one. Just HP Dive.
0: (laughs) It's all one thing. Uh, But yeah, man, I mean, this is going to be a great test to see uh, how much better is that defensive line. Are they good enough? Uh, I think Brian Borland mentioned that stat a couple weeks ago that it was like in games that they gave up. I think he said four runs of ten or more yards in the game. They like lost everyone in games they didn't. They won everyone. I know when they gave up four and a half yards per carrier or last, they were undefeated last year when they give up more, they were defeated last year. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a huge thing in this. Now I will say yeah. i I don't know that Illinois has that. Like when you think of Brett Bealham of running backs, you think of star running back Chase Brown last year, yeah, like I mean, fifteen hundred yards. He's an draft pick. They've had yeah. what, all the guys at Wisconsin. You think of from Melvin Gordon to uh, Monte, yeah, Monte Ball, Ball right? Uh, yeah, Melvin uh, James Gordon, White. James White. Uh, I mean, they've just yeah. uh, stud after stud, right? And and then you go back to uh, even his time at Arkansas. They were producing like really good running attacks and really was good. Was he running there backs. when they had like Darren McFadden? No, that would have been a Houston nut when they had uh, McFadden and Felix Jones and Peyton Hillis and those guys. But he he was still like you know producing guys there. So. You know, the, the way I look at this is they probably have enough guys to be talented there, but I'll be honest, like, from last week, I don't know that they have the star running back this year, so a lot of that is just going to come yeah. down to... I mean, I, I think Luke Galtmire
2: was their leading rusher yeah. last week against Toledo, Yeah, which they,
0: again... We, the two running backs split carries. We kind of yeah.
2: highlighted this a little bit with KU's game against Missouri State. They had some trouble maintaining pass rush lanes. If that happens again against Illinois, I would... I, I mean, I don't want to throw a shade on Jacob Clark, the quarterback of Missouri State, but I would figure that <laughs> Luke Altmaier is a little bit better at mm-hmm. you know, making things happen out of the pocket, scrambling and getting yards like that. Yeah.
0: You know? So that is something to keep an eye on. And then the last big question I have is just in special teams related, we didn't get to see the punt unit. We didn't see a ton from the special teams in this game. The limited we, we saw from KU Missouri State was good for Kansas because you didn't really make any mistakes, which yeah. is always a positive. Because yeah. that's the biggest thing on special teams, just play clean. Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: special, teams is, it's, special teams is the type of thing where, you don't want that to be the headline mm-hmm. after the game. Yes. If, if that's the case, then you probably did just fine.
0: Right. Now, one kind of interesting tidbit here is Sean Snyder was at Illinois last year. Yeah, that's true. As their special teams yeah. coordinator or whatever the, the official special title was there. Special assistant or whatever. Yeah. So how, I many, mean,
2: how many times can you throw special into a guy's title?
0: Special, special, special team. special assistant. Special assistant to the special teams. But does that give Kansas any advantage? Or does it give Illinois an advantage? Uh, I, don't know know, I, to, I don't know, I tend to think that
2: some of that is overblown. People are like, oh, this guy played for this team. He's going to go share their playbook. Or whatever. I feel like that crap's all overblown, to be honest. But I don't, maybe, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I don't know. But again, like what what could he, I mean, does, is Illinois doing kickoff and punt coverage differently than everybody else
0: does in the entire country? Probably not. Probably not. So it's probably all the same. Yeah. But does, does having the same guy, does it neutralize it? Because if you go into this game and you say that that it's going to be neutralized, that special teams won't affect it, I think you take that if you're Kansas.
2: Yes. No, I agree. Not to Especially say that I, are, I think Illinois is like a great teams
0: special team, but it's just the, the Kansas equal, track record, right? Yeah, if they're equal, that's a win. Yeah. I think. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take a timeout here. We've got some at KU football audio. Voice of the Jayhawks. Brian Haney will join us after that. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it.
2: Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN with Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Springer, and as always, we are joined on a Thursday by Brian Haney. Brian, how you doing?
1: Doing great, Nick. Always a pleasure to be on with you. Excitement in the air over here on campus with Kansas and Illinois 24 hours away. I think one of the more anticipated home non-conference matchups in a long time. I'm going back and looking at it. If Kansas could get a win, it would probably be as big of a home non-conference win as we've had since the Turner-Gill era with the upset of the top 20 Georgia Tech team. So... That's how highly I think of Illinois. That's how special the atmosphere tomorrow night should be. And a great setting for national TV and a spotlight on the program as well with the ESPN 2 telecast. So looking forward to it and, and hopefully these Jayhawks will uh, have a great showing and continue what we expect to be a memorable season of KU football.
2: Yeah, I do want to get into that Illinois game. But first, Kansas got a win uh, last Friday against Missouri State 48 17. You were obviously there on the call. What, what was your big takeaways from that game against Missouri State?
1: Well, I think there were great things to take away in all three phases of the game. I think that, you know, obviously offensively with Jason Bean at quarterback, he did a very impressive job filling in for Jalen Daniels, completed almost 80% of his passes, orchestrated all those scoring drives, four of which was in rushing touchdowns by four different running backs. Devin Neal also caught a PD. Neat stat that, you know, Devin has scored on his first touch of the season. In back-to-back years, and we had not seen that in college football in over a decade, have the same guy do that to start each of his last two seasons with a score on his first carry of the year. But all those things were good offensively. And then defensively, nine tackles for loss. Brian Borland, who wasn't able to be there because of a medical procedure. I was talking to him earlier this week, and he said, you know, I can't remember the last time any of our defenses at the previous stops along the way 17 years working by Coach Leipold's side, you know, had nine tackles for loss. That's a very disruptive game in the opponent backfield. And then you tack on a couple of takeaways, the fact that they were so good in getting off the field in the second half that they only had to log 15 second-half snaps. You love to see that. And, and to me, it's a made-for-TV, straight-out-of-Hollywood-type story that Clinton Lassiter intercepts a pass, on the same sideline that his brother Kwame is standing on and presents him with the football just mere hours after Kwame told his little bro, Hey, go get me your first pick tonight. Sure enough, he did it. It happened on that side of the field. And for those that don't know the story, I mean, their father, who was a part of the Aloha Bowl era here at Kansas back in the early 1990s and still holds the NFL record to this day for most interceptions in a game by a defensive back. He. Tragically passed at a very young age four years ago in 2019. And so, what a special moment between two brothers and moms in the stands and not a dry eye amongst the last of the family when that went down late in the game. So, you add all that up and and toss in Seth Keller in the kicking game and the special teams noticeably improved. I think it was a pretty memorable opening night and and one that certainly puts you in a strong position to have a great showing here in week two.
2: Yeah, you go back to the second quarter where Missouri State kind of had pushed Kansas a little bit and a great response from KU. What, what do you think that says about the team that they were able to have that response and bounce back and pretty much dominate from then on out?
1: Yeah, you know, everybody talks about a slow start, but the start was actually fast. It was what happened after the start that, that settled into a lull. I mean, we, we opened the game with two defensive three and outs and a, and a nice score on that Devin Neal touchdown run that I talked about, but it was the high-shaw fumble it led to a little bit of a, a, a low or a, a spurt there where Kansas didn't look Kansas-like so like they did the rest of the game. And I thought that Lance had a really great description of the fumble on Hawk Talk for those that are younger listeners in your listening audience that want to learn about the fundamentals of securing the ball. He said they teach their guys to always keep their wrist above their elbow and the ball tight against their chest. If your wrist is ever below your elbow, you're vulnerable. You're susceptible to, to coughing it up, and that's what we saw with Daniel, who was playing in a game for the first time in 11 months, and understandably, you know, trying to fight hard for that extra yard and make up for lost time, and just put the ball on the carpet. But you know, after that, they score on the very next drive, a drive skewed by a personal foul penalty, stuff that is not typical Lance Leipold KU football. And, once they got back to, to imposing their will and doing their thing, you look at the second half; they outscored thirty-one-seven, and really are off the races from there. So, I think it was just uh, a brief stretch where they hit a bit of a low, but overall, you know, very pleased with the effort. And uh, little things like that are very easily correctable too. By and large, a ton of positives, and you hope to get your quarterback back this week potentially. That's your QB one, and so just uh, a lot of. Uh, optimism abounding coming off of that first week.
2: Yeah, you mentioned that play from Quentin Lassiter and the great story. Was there any other plays or players that stuck out to you from that game?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, there's other storylines like Dylan McDuffie's first carry as a Jayhawk goes for a 17-yard touchdown. That's pretty special in a welcome to Kansas kind of moment. I think that uh, you know, we were curious to see what the pass rush would look like without Lonnie Phelps. and Predictably, Jeremy Robinson was very good. But uh, see Hayden Hatcher be disruptive like he was. I thought was great to see because this is a guy that came to the coaching staff in the winter months and said, "I want to start. I want to play a big role. What can I be doing now to to pay dividends in the fall?" And you love when guys have an attitude like that because. They'll recruit players that are bigger, faster, stronger, but when you've got the drive and the work ethic and the will and the want to that, that he displayed, you can see why he's getting chances. And, and I thought Austin Booker, you know, a guy that they bring in from Minnesota that they have high hopes for as an edge rusher, he flashed some of that great potential too. So those were some areas that I was curious to see. I referenced Seth Keller earlier, the kicking transfer from Texas State. He looked rock steady solid. So I think all those are positives. and. But obviously, um, you know, when you spread the ball around like they did with so many talented receiving and tight end targets, that was great to see, and and that'll continue. Obviously, it'll have to against a really good Illinois defense tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, looking ahead to this game against Illinois, the biggest storyline seems to be the quarterback situation for Kansas. Obviously, Jalen Daniels, you hope to get him back, and it seems like maybe there may even be a situation of playing both guys, both Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean. How do you think that maybe kind of impacts KU's offensive strategy heading into this game?
1: Well, that's a great question, and we'll see what Coach Coadle-Mickey and Coach Leipold elect to do if they do have both at their disposal. I think they can get creative, and we'll uh, leave that for, for the game and, and see what all that comes to pass. But I think that, you know, when you have two options like that, it gives you a myriad of choices and some ways to keep the defense on their toes. And I think that you know, Jason was a guy that knew that he'd probably come back and be in a role like we saw at the end of last season where Emergency duty, the occasional pass, maybe he lines up as a receiver. You know, there's a, a number of ways in which he can still be on the field and involved, even if he's not taking the lion's share of QB snaps. And if indeed that's what they go back to, I don't think that he's just going to be quietly going away. I mean, this is a guy they want to deploy and feel like he's a real weapon. So I, I'm excited to see whatever that looks like if they do have the ability to get Jamin back. But I think this is a great week to get a guy like Daniels in there because when you talk about the fast rush of Illinois and two preseason All-America defensive linemen, Jalen's skill set as a guy that that's very elusive and he, he can scramble and he can twist and control his body to extend the play and you know, dodge bullets, kind of like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix back in the day. You're probably too young to see that one. but oh,
0: dude, come on. know, I love The
1: Matrix. <laughs> he's a guy that admits, admits the live fire. You know, it's just he's really head on a swivel, you know, quick back there. And instead of giving up on the the route entirely and just taking off to run, he'll dart and tuck and weave. And then, you know, something will open up vertically downfield with Skinner or Arnold. And next thing you know, he's got a 50-yard home run ball over the top for six. Uh, And I think that's what I'm excited to see with Jalen. Now, obviously, you know, if he is able to play and and he's got those guys breathing on his neck, you hope he doesn't get hit too much. But uh, he, he's the perfect guy because I think with Jason, there's more of a tendency to take off and run, which can be equally effective. But I, I think you get this particular style uh, and, and what they're going to bring with that imposing front, the, the, the pair that they call the law firm. I, I, I like our legal defense team with Jalen Daniels' ability to, to duck, and duck and dodge and backfield there and what that can lead to with just an extra second or two of separation for the receivers then
2: downfield. Uh, this is an interesting Illinois team. You touched on, on the great D-line they have. Well, what else maybe sticks out to you about them? You know, they, they lost a, a lot in their secondary. They lost a great running back. They've got a transfer at quarterback. Brett Bielema obviously has a relationship with Lance Leipold. What, what maybe sticks out to you the most beyond the D-line with, with this matchup against Illinois?
1: Well, first off, I, I keep referencing the, the law firm, and that, that was the nickname that their head coach Actually, put on those two. And, you know, it's, it's rare that the head coach comes up with the fun monikers that the announcers get to use. But that particular moniker of the law firm of Newton and Randolph was actually picked up by a, a local legal team in Champaign and it's now an NIL deal for them. I don't know what the, uh, you know, what that consists of if they're doing tv ads for the lawyers now or what kind of their version of mike's got this i guess but it all started with coach billable calling them the the law firm they're the ones that you're most concerned about and will lose sleep over but i think there's personnel offensively that should cause concern as well they've got three receivers of note that all do things differently one of which is an absolute burner that was a five-star quarterback coming out of high school, that then converted to receiver. I'm talking about Isaiah Williams. He was the number 47 overall prospect in his class. Not at his position, of all players. So this is a big-time talent, and obviously we don't throw five-star around very often when it comes to football. So this is this is probably you know, one of the most dynamic guys you could face. And yet, the guy that has the prototypical NFL size, that had two touchdowns versus Toledo, is Pat Bryant. He's 6'3", 200. Junior receiver. He's a big, physical guy. It's a great end zone, red zone target for Luke Altmine to throw to. And then their version of Luke Grimm is Casey Washington. He's a guy that's more of a possession receiver. He's got good size, six two, uh, but but isn't quite the burner that Williams is. But he could go up and make that tough catch in traffic. He came down with a ball on a fourth and two with the game hanging in the balance, and he hauls in a thirty two yard reception to save the day. He's big-time as well. He's clutch in that trusted set of hands. So those are the three that I look to. But this is an Illinois team that lost its quarterback and running back to graduation in the NFL last year. The QB uh, is up in uh, New York Giant camp right now, and, and uh, the former running back is backing up Joe Mixon with the Bengals. So they've got some big shoes to fill, but I think they were most impressed and honestly pleasantly surprised it's just how good Altmyer was in the opener. In talking with Brian Barnhart, their play-by-play voice, he impressed in the spring, and they, they were real hopeful, but they weren't completely sure what they had in him until you see the live action of the fall. And, and what he was able to do as a dual strike guy, you know, 206 yards through the air on 70% completion, 69 rushing yards. The Ole Miss transfer showed out really impressively. And so I think he becomes your public enemy number one when the Kansas defense is on the field just because he can beat you in a multitude of ways. But it's still a, a classic Big Ten team that, that wants to run the football and, and shove it down your throats. And they've got some capable backs to do that with McCray and Love back there. But um, I, I think for me the matchup if you're asking what are you most excited to see it's it's whichever Kansas quarterback is back there handling the pressure of those two stars up front and Newton and Randolph. And honestly seeing how to improve Kansas' offensive line with Dominic Cooney now at left tackle, how he can handle their pressure to give J.D. or Jason more time to throw back there. That's what I'm excited to see as well.
2: Yeah, I'm curious. When you look at the way that Illinois plays in the D-line, they, they kind of play a little bit of a different style than maybe what KU is used to seeing. How do you think KU might try to attack that? Do you think maybe they can use more of their speed? Maybe if it is Jalen Daniels' the read option or Jason being with speed option, what do, you, what do you think they maybe their game plan will be to try to attack that, that front seven of Illinois?
1: Well, great question, and I don't want to tip the hat on anything, but you're right. I mean, They, they have you know, three down linemen, but they bring up two linebackers on the edge to where there's ultimately five up front. And so it'll be interesting to see how they try to pick that apart and, and you know, what type of uh, routes to run. And you know, do, you, do you try to take advantage of the middle of the field with such an impressive Kansas tight end group? What's the status of Luke Grimm? You know, he, he's a guy that in a matchup like that, you'd love to see what he can do. Uh, and, and are you able to, to test them vertically if they bring an all out blitz and, and you get some separation deep? Because clearly, you know, we've seen Skinner and, and Arnold develop into a couple of the better deep sets of the conference. But, uh, we'll let Andy Kotelvicki reveal all that tomorrow night, but I'm definitely intrigued because it is a, a different defensive look than we might see. And one of the better pass rushers that, that Kansas could see. I mean, some would argue this is the toughest pass rush they'll face all season. So really intrigued to see which side wins out in that regard, and hopefully we'll see Kansas play from out in front, get off to a fast start, let that crowd of hopefully upwards of 47,000 be rocking, and and hopefully they play well enough in these Blackhawk unis that they get to be brought back, because as Coach Leifold says, no matter how good the uniform looks, if you don't win in them, they usually don't stick around very long, and I think we all like this look with the circus font of the 1941 Warhawk and all that, we want to make sure they, they look as good on the scoreboard as they do on their backs.
2: Yeah, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you brought up a little bit about the Illinois offense because it, it feels like at least from the KU perspective, a lot of the focus has been on the KU offense versus the Illinois defense matchup, but you know this is Illinois offense that as, as you alluded to, definitely has some explosive guys on it. You get Brian Borland back to, to defensive coordinator in this game uh, against Illinois. What do you think maybe the strategy might be on the defensive side for KU to try to slow down the Illinois offense?
1: Well, I think, like I said with Altmaier earlier, the fact that he could take off and beat you with his feet is is something that is maybe even more of a factor than what we realize coming in. And it's just one game on film with him, and he played sparingly at Ole Miss last year, so we'll see. But you got to have containment on him when he does take off to run and uh, and be mindful of the speed on the edge, like I said, with guys like Williams and Bryant. Um, obviously, the run game is, is something that, didn't take off for them last week beyond the quarterback rushing to the capability I think they're they're able to bring. And that's where Reggie Love, who still averaged about five yards a carry last week, just didn't have a huge game. I I think he's one you got to key on. Because you look at their, their offensive line across the board, big, physical, 315, 320, 325, 335. This is a big, big line. And the center, who's the lightest weight of them all, is the son of a six-time NFL Pro Bowler with the Bears, Owen Crutes. So and this is a this is a big group, and and they're going to try to open running lanes for Altmaier, Love, and McCray, And and if you sell out on the run, that's where those receivers that I talked about can get you beat. So I think uh, there, there's a lot to like here. And, and while you may not think that they lit the scoreboard on fire last week in a 30 to 28 win able to pick six, the factor into the scoring. This is a much more capable offense than meets the eye. They just at Illinois, and I need a few weeks to, to fill in for some some big shoes that departed to the NFL, and that, that takes an acclimation. But I think I think Kansas defense will absolutely have its hands full.
2: You kind of touched on it a little bit there, but I didn't want to ask you about the blackout, right? I mean, the new uniforms look pretty nice. Uh, how excited are you for that? How are you excited just for that atmosphere with the new uniforms and the fans there at the at the booth.
1: Man, it's it's going to be fantastic. I think anytime you get a Friday night standalone game on national TV, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. But when you add in something like that, it is going to have uh, students showing up and showing out early, getting those five thousand free black t-shirts and the rally towels for the next ten thousand that come out. That's going to be really neat to see, and definitely fired up to watch. Uh, you know, this this crowd have an effect on the game making it difficult, on Altmaier, when when they've got the, the ball and, and they're trying to hear in the huddle and all that. I mean, it's it's not always been the case. It's not often been the case in the last 15 years that we've had a legit 12th man. But I think we felt some of that last Friday night, and I think you're going to feel even more of it as, as Kansas nears uh, a potential sellout. I don't know if they'll get all the way to 47,000 or not, but I think they'll be somewhere in the low 40s, mid-40s, heading into game day, and then the walk-up crowd from there will just determine how close to the brim it is, but I thought uh, the students were a huge factor last week. I hope they stay for all four quarters this week. They're loud, proud, and engaged, and a factor because too many times that hasn't been the case, and, and we've now got a program that is easy to support and get excited about, and they give you plenty of chances to wave the wheat and get rowdy. So let's uh, let's buckle up and have a fun one tomorrow night and uh, hopefully leave with uh, a memory we'll always cherish of that special Friday night in KU Log, one of its biggest mankind home runs in over a decade.
2: He is Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks. You'll be able to hear him on the call right here on KWN of the action tomorrow night against Illinois. Ryan, appreciate your time as always. And before we let you go, do you need to get a word from Nate Miller in?
1: That's right. My man, Nate Miller, just as Lance Leipold and uh, his staff have a game plan for the Illini. Nate wants to help you for the best financial game plan for your financial future. Check him out today online at MillerRetirementGroup.com. That's MillerRetirementGroup.com. They'd love to sit down and take a look at your portfolio or help you build one for the first time. So check him out today. Nate Miller. Always a pleasure, Nick. We'll talk to you next week, my man.
0: All
2: right. That was Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks. Keep the disclaimer.
0: Brian is a paid spokesperson, not a client. Brian does not endorse, and all individuals should make their own evaluation of the firm's investment advisory and insurance services. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC.
2: Thanks so much for Brian for joining the show here. One hour down here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk, two to go. We got some audio from uh, Brian Borland and Andy Kolnicky coming up later on the show. We got to get to our KMO bag next. Plus, we got to talk about Chiefs and Lions NFL season kicks off tonight. That all coming next. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it.
0: 4 o'clock hour. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Uh, We've got High School Sports Weekly going down tonight at 6 o'clock over at Mama's Tamale Shop. We're back. Back. Yeah, that's right. Baldwin High School football. Word is, out there.
2: by the way, that we will have uh, some NASCAR tickets also to potentially Ooh. give away at Mama's Moments to shop as part of our return of High School Sports Weekly if you come by.
0: So that's fun. You can get some NASCAR tickets. You can get a taco. You can watch the show. Yeah. Yeah. Watch you not go. And listen to the show. Yeah. Should absolutely go. Okay. Right. I'll be um, there. It is time for our KU mailbag. Thank you to everybody who submitted questions. You can do the same for uh, next week at RCST thirteen twenty on Twitter. You can also email us if you don't have a Twitter, if you just prefer email. RCST thirteen twenty AM at gmail.com. Yep. So and uh, please, I, you know, this is my favorite segment. It's my favorite segment. So the
2: reason why it's my favorite segment is because I love when people submit questions. So if you submit a question,
0: I love you. Yes, that's how that works. Okay, this one from Shane. Would you take a KU football national title if they lost to K State in the regular season, and the Chiefs had to go zero okay. seventeen that year? I know I just said I love
2: KU football and I love people ask questions. I don't like these questions at all. <laughs>
0: Every week we get one of these questions.
2: <laughs> oh, would you rather if KU goes eleven and one, but the only loss is by hundred to K State, and K State wins? Oh, oh, or this question. So the answer is no. I would not. I don't. I no. I'm not doing this. Okay I the, I value Listen I've always been Like even when I was a kid When I was a kid I was Chiefs first Over everything mm-hmm. And to a certain extent I still kind of am Okay Chiefs all the way If the Chiefs went 0-17 <laughs> well, First of all I wouldn't survive <laughs> the first. have seen them win like, two Super Bowls. I wouldn't survive Like the first month Of you've, the season You've been
0: glorified In but your Chiefs fandom This is basically
2: You're saying that You want me to not Be alive anymore No That's what you're saying <laughs> I dare yeah, you That's your No <laughs> <laughs> All jokes aside uh, yeah, I don't want this uh, mm. because I don't want to lose to Kansas State, and I would not be able to suffer through the Chiefs going on with
0: them. Okay. Um. Hmm. And you always normally disagree with me on this stuff. Yeah, this one, I'm, I'm tempted to say yes. You've seen the Chiefs win. I'm assuming at this point, if if they if they would go 0 17, that probably that, like, means Mahomes somebody got hurt. Probably right? got a season ending injury. Which would probably not be good because what would that mean long term? Then exactly. again, Tom Brady had the one year where he had the season ending injury. Yeah, thanks to Bernard Pollard. And what would happen if you got the first pick? Think about how much you would get this year with Caleb Williams. So now you imagine. what want Caleb Williams. No, I know. I'm saying somebody trading up. Think about all the first round picks all, so you would get. So if
2: you're the Chiefs, but here's the problem. People would not necessarily want... People would not be willing to give you as much for trading up because they know that
0: you were not going to take him anyways. So everyone, yes. everyone would be trying to actually trade up to the second pick. No, because what would happen is if somebody traded up to the second pick, then somebody else would be like, well, then I'll trade up ahead of the team with the second pick. But so they may not be willing to give up as much because they know that the Chiefs wouldn't take But they know anyways. the team with the second pick would, and they can't trade with the team at the second pick. So now they'd have to trade with the team at the first pick. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... The yeah, ideal scenario that. there would, would be
2: that the Chiefs get Marvin Harris Jr., obviously. Mm, okay. You know, Brock like Bowers? The third or fourth. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Brock Bowers. Yeah, there you go. One of those. Um,
0: I think I would take it. Although, you haven't not really factored it. in the Kansas State part of this. The Kansas State part of this is terrible. Yeah, that you win a title, but forever they'd be like, but we beat you. Yes. No, that'd be even
2: worse. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter at that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, because, listen, KU would do the same thing. If K-State football made the playoff and, you know, God forbid, got to the final four, got to the the title game or even won the title, but KU beat them, that'd be great. Because you could just be like, oh, you nerds still lost to KU. So that sucks. So, uh, yeah, there's, I just, I'm not, no, I don't want this. I'm not taking this.
0: Sorry. Okay. Second question of the day. This is from Hawkman. Will you ever let me be a guest on the show? If so, hopefully you have a delay. I work construction and sometimes forget to shut off the work talk.
2: The good news is we do have a delay. So if there is any uh, shenanigans or tomfoolery, we can dump it. Mm-hmm. It's really great. We have, a, we have a little delay over here. It's right over here. It says it's, it's impossible to miss. It says dump in giant letters. And I just press it. Poof. Last three seconds, gone. Mm-hmm. And listen, to be clear... Even sometimes when I get heated, I have to make sure that I'm not, you know, <laughs> saying anything wrong. And in fact, we have slipping. had to use the dub button before. Yes, we have. And we'll probably so. have to use it again. <laughs> because, you know, some of us aren't very smart, aka me. Uh yeah, I mean listen, Hawkman, if you wanna call in, that's fine. But you gotta bring you gotta bring some substance. You gotta bring something. You gotta give us an inside scoop on something. Mm. You know? And if you're working in construction, maybe you could give us an inside scoop on the stadium. You know, maybe you're a part of that. I
0: don't know. I mean, we sh- we could open up the phone lines at some point, like do like a weekly segment where we open up the phone lines to to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, I guess technically he has been a guest on the show. I mean, yeah, I, he's I've been on, I view, he's been on trivia. Yeah, I view trivia people as guests, basically, yeah. or guests yeah. to the show at that That's point. true. Yeah. But
2: you got to be, I think you got to be, you know, our re- Our recurring guests bring something. So you mm-hmm. got to you got to bring something. You got to give us a, a a nugget, an inside scoop on something. Yeah. Well, you're also, on?
0: you're also free to come to our show at Big Mill before, and we'll get you oh, a stick true. mic and, and talk to you about some K football. How that's about that? That's true.
2: You could definitely do that. Yeah. yeah. You could do that because that's a lot more informal, I would say.
0: Yes. You
2: know, we're, we're just hanging out, talking shop
0: about K football. <laughs> <laughs> this question from Lyle. Compare KU football players to dinosaurs. Okay, I think here this is a we question, go. Though, you you here said something earlier. This we week, go. I was like, I ask us a question about dinosaurs.
2: I did. Yeah, this is what we're looking for. Now we're cooking. This is a good. This is a good question. All right, Hunter Dickinson's got to be a brontosaurus, right? Tall, slow, <laughs> uh, but you know. Very, uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, is that, but is brontosaurus that where the, is, is that where the
2: similarities end, I guess?
0: No, see, I, I think I think a brontosaurus would have been more apt for like, I don't know, because when I think brontosaurus, like, I don't think it's like it, it doesn't have a mean streak to it. It's a, yeah, it's, it's an herbivore, yeah. it's not very aggressive. No, so I, I don't think Hunter Dickinson, you don't think it fits? No, I don't, I don't think it. I, uh, so what do you want him to be then? I kind of want a Hunter Dickinson to be like a, a triceratops, where okay. it's like. It will butt heads with you at times? Like, there are other fan bases that, that, no, what's the, that view it, him as a villain?
2: No, there's an actual dinosaur. I can't remember the name of it. Where it's got a...
0: It, it headbutts things. You know oh, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's, it headbutts things and it's got a club for a tail. Yeah, but that one's smaller. It's a... Uh, I, there's the, no way the, I'm going to be able to pronounce this. <laughs> the club dinosaur. Pachycephalosaurus. What?
2: That's not right.
0: <laughs> is it? If I Google bonehead dinosaur, like- will it pop up? I'm telling you, I, I have the exact dinosaur. dinosaur. I will show you the,
2: but it, oh yeah, yeah,
0: this is what I'm talking about, yeah, 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 yeah the Pachycephalosaurus or whatever, <laughs> the, you know, got the little. It's basically a football the, player. The Pachycephalosaurus. You know? yeah. Football was this thing in in the beginning. <laughs> that was the the real Heisman winner right there. Um, okay, so that's what I got. Brontosaurus okay. to me is more like, I'd be more well, I don't know. Parker hope. Brown, we keep hearing greatest athlete in the world. Yeah, and um,
2: Brontosaurus is tall and slow. Yeah, it can't be
0: Parker Brown. Be Zach Clemens? Somebody's got to be Brontosaurus Zach Clemens.
2: You think so? Yeah. But Zach Clemens isn't really slow, is he? Uh, no. But I because you need like Brontosaurus needs to be like a big lumbering big man.
0: Uh, maybe it's David McCormick? Do we have to go back in time?
2: <laughs> I don't know. We can
0: do that. Okay. We're going back in time with the dinosaurs. So, I think oh, wait, all this was KU I football think- players. I just realized that. We've been oh, we're this idiots. Basketball. Oh yikes! Idiots. Okay, all right. Rewind. <laughs> Hawkman. Okay. Uh, you now can run the show. We, I, I think we got <laughs> fired. No, no, um, it's Lyle asked the question. I know. I uh, never mind. You didn't get my joke. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, this is this is this has gone off the rails. <laughs>
2: Football. Brontosaurus. Mike Navisky
0: Mm-mm. Or any of the O line. Spencer Lavelle. Maybe. Who's, like, who's the biggest player in KFO? Is it Spencer Will LaVelle. Huggins? He's like 6'7". No, Spencer Lavelle's got to be the biggest player, right? Spencer Lavelle's pretty big. Logan Brown? Yeah, one of those guys. Okay. So just okay. like an offensive tackle, basically. So who's the pacificholiosaurus? The headbutting one? The head-but- That's Daniel J-B- Hyshaw. You think so? I was going to j- say JB Brown. JB Brown's a good one. It's got to be somebody who hits hard, right? JB Brown. Yeah. I like Daniel Hyshaw, though. i am go to that. Because when okay. I see those dinosaurs, they have tiny hands. They can't really carry the ball. <laughs> I just had some like issues no fair well I was Um, gonna say what about like Dana Hickok should be a T-Rex no but T-Rexes are like big and
2: but they have small arms
0: I think a T-Rex because T-Rex it's like an apex predator so I think a T-Rex has to be like a defensive end or something so like Jeremy Robinson yeah Jeremy Robinson can work for that one okay who would Jalen Daniels be that's a good question
2: because you got you got Velociraptors. Somebody can be a Velociraptor. That's gotta be who's somebody who's quick, like quick. Yeah, quick and aggressive agile.
0: Like uh I don't know. Luke Grimm. Is he really quick though? Quick enough? He's pretty quick. Could be a Trevor Wilson. Uh, I think Kobe in this, Bryant. I think in Ooh. this scenario Velociraptors hunt in packs. So it's uh, maybe it's a defensive thing. D B hunt in packs. It's just the yeah. D B so DBs uh in general? Yeah. Okay. okay cool.
2: Jared Casey. What's Jared
0: Casey? Mm-hmm.
2: He's got to be like a, not a Triceratops. What's the,
0: Stegosaurus. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> a good one. That is, a, that is, na- that, I don't even want to keep going because honestly, that one is the most perfect. He is the Stegosaurus. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Uh, I do want to throw one in our, out there as much as I want that to be the last one. Uh, pterodactyl's got to be some, somebody. Is that like Lawrence mm-hmm. Arnold's? Or Quentin Skinner No, Quentin Skinner, Skinner Pterodactyl Big, long yeah. Fly down the field yeah. Jumps up in the air Makes contested catch Yeah, that's a pretty good one But yeah, the Segasaurus That's so Jared Casey oh, What about the
2: uh, Somebody's gotta be Devin Neal Is there a dinosaur that's like Pretty fast But not a Velociraptor I feel like we're missing uh, Yeah, dude It's Dude, dinosaurs one of those things Where it's like You can think of so that? many dinosaurs And then somebody's like oh, no. Name a
0: dinosaur And you're like uh, What about the The, the Ankylosaurus it's kinda like the Stegosaurus, but it's got like the tail thing that hits people. Well, a different type of tail. It's got more of the club tail. Yeah, An- no, that's what I was thinking of earlier. The club no, you're tail. thinking Okay, that then that's the Ankylosaurus. The Stegosaurus, it's kind of like No, the, the Stegosaurus
2: same is the one that's like got the little spikes on it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the same one. Yeah, okay. that's your casey, right? Same one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um What about yeah, I don't know. I I just want to leave it there. I think that, that's a good way to leave that one. <laughs> you think it's good? Okay. Uh this one from Chris which non-starting player stood out the most to you in KU's win against Missouri State non-starter I think uh, well to me Quentin
2: Lassiter stood out a lot I did not think he was going to play nearly now I don't know if I don't know if he's going to be playing that much every single week but I didn't expect him to have a big role I think you can look at Dylan McDuffie scoring on his first touchdown run like or scoring a touchdown on his first run that was pretty impressive uh, you go to the D line. You could probably name any one of those guys that maybe isn't necessarily a starter, but you think is going to play a decent amount. Uh, again, I mean, do you want to call Marvin Grant not a starter since he's technically not because he had a big, he had a couple big hits. He would. Look I pretty count good. him as a starter. So I see, that's kind of how I feel too. Like I
0: liked OJ, or JB Brown, but I don't think the Pro Football Focus numbers loved him. Yeah, he. I, really, I thought Austin Booker looked good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a really good. Pro my top football two focus would be,
2: too. my top two would be Dylan McDuffie and Quentin Lassiter. That's my top two. I'll
0: throw out Austin Booker and, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw some love. We haven't really talked a ton about this guy this week. And if Luke Grimm is, is injured and out, he's going to have to play a much bigger role. Um, Doug Amelian, Yeah. I thought Doug Emelian was, I mean, he didn't, he didn't do a ton like in the passing game. I don't even remember if he had a catch. To I, don't, be honest. I don't think he did have a catch. I thought he, he had a couple of big run blocks down the field. Now, I'm looking at Pro Football Focus, did not grade well in the running game, but I'm telling you, you go back and watch the game, there are a couple of plays where he had big blocks down the field. Like he was multiple. blocking some guys? Yes. So uh, that would be my answer for that one. Uh, Scott, what is the scariest fish? Uh, Whatever the biggest fish is. Well, okay, this, know, is, this is the debate over sharks, I think, are technically fish. I don't yeah. think, like, whales or dolphins whales are, are fish. Not Those fish. are orcas, right? whales whales
2: are scary though just because they're so gigantic you know massive yeah no that would be scary
0: yeah Um, yeah no i don't i i i gotta be like some sort of shark
2: i'm sure scott asked this question because he knows that i don't like those don't like the ocean i don't like this kind of stuff so
0: okay so shark definitely has to be up there for for a different category though i mean i don't
2: know but you go dude you go deep in the ocean there's some there's some yeah that's the little thing with
0: the light on its head yeah ooh that one's a little freaky lantern fish is that what Something it's like that, and they'll bite you. Got you got the weird fish they're that's flat. In with the lantern,
2: the weird fish that's flat. You know what I'm talking about? A halibut? No, 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 no. They're like, not a halibut, but they like, they're flat. Eels? No, they're no, like flat, like. I don't know, dude. You know what I'm talking about?
0: No. Oh, okay. Uh, um, well, there's,
2: you know, uh, piranhas are pretty scary. Piranhas, you know, barracudas. Those, you know, you fall in, you fall in the Amazon River, you get eaten by piranhas. So <laughs> that's Pretty scary to think
0: about. Uh, what about like stingrays?
2: Yeah, those can kill you too. Yeah. That's pretty scary. Would you count a squid
0: in this? Yeah, that's a little scary. I think octopi are are scarier than squids. Why? Because... Dude, a squid is huge. It can just engulf you. You're thinking of a kraken. No, I'm thinking of a squid. like a mythical creature. No, dude, you can get squid squid that are like huge. I mean, you can get octopi that are huge. You can get squid that are like I don't think squid are like that big. Yes, they they are. Giant squid. Look it up. They can be huge. I guess they can only like 15 I feet. A, I think this says they can reach up to 45 feet. Yeah. Can also be a small. Now as imagine an inch. that thing just engulfing. Yeah, you. for Pierce. Yeah, that would not be. But honestly, like that, that maybe is less scary to me. Why? It's just like one bite and I'm done. Like, okay, whatever. If I'm getting Dude, that's pretty apart horrible. And I'm drowning while I'm getting, you know, that's brutal. Well, the good news with the giant
2: squid is those are like they resem, they reside very deep in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you have to worry about that if you honestly you jellyfish
0: get, goes up there. No, you don't like jellyfish? Dude, jellyfish, you, you run into it, they've got all the... the yeah, but jelly, aren't jellyfish, like, they don't bother you if you don't bother them? They just chill until yeah, you They're get just near them? sitting there, and then if you just get even close to them, you accidentally touch one of the things, you get electrocuted. <laughs> you're screwed. <laughs> the box jellyfish is, like, the most deadly... Uh, but, again, it's not, the case? but again, it's not like a predator. It's not like it's going to come, come after you. I don't you. know what box jellyfish might be. I don't think that's true. I think
2: you're wrong. I don't think they come after you. That's the thing with jellyfish. Some of them, don't. they just kind of chill. They're not uh, like I do aggressive. That They're more docile, I think.
0: Yeah, the most deadliest secret. I just Google it. Deadliest sea creature: Australian box jellyfish. Sting okay, can what cause a... cardiac arrest, paralysis, or death in humans in just a few minutes. No, but see, thank that's you. fine with me because then you don't feel anything. You're just dead for a couple minutes. You're feeling something. Now nah, I'm going to no, go box jellyfish. If, if you, dude, if you go into paralysis, got the you can't numbers. feel anything. They got the production, Nick. They got the numbers. If you right, go into paralysis, you can't feel Science is on their side. No, it's uh, this definitely one from sharks. Darius. But sharks, you
2: just stab their eyes, and you're fine. I think. <laughs>
0: what? You never heard that before? So you just happen to have a knife on you and happen to be able to reach? No, 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 it. no.
2: You like, like, if you're getting eaten by a shark, like a shark bites you, mm-hmm. you just jab its eyes, and that makes you let, and they that makes it let it okay. let you go. Well, right? Why don't you Isn't test that, right? that for me
0: and let me know how? It and goes.
2: then alligators, you punch them on the nose. <laughs> Dude, listen, I have trained in idea. And than it is in
0: practice. This type of stuff so that I know right. how to handle these situations. Alright, this one from Darius. Which Big 12 men's basketball coach would win a Squid Games, and which Big Twelve football coach would win a Squid Games, assuming all contestants are the other coaches. Alright, so Have you seen Squid Games? I example? have not, actually. But yeah, I know when you, it is. Okay, you you're play aware the different games, yeah. like red light, green light, that crap, yes. and
2: if you mess up. Little you, children games and yeah. Yeah, you die and then yeah, no, person Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So. Let's start with who I think would not win. <laughs> Scott you know, Drew. Let's start
0: with the basketball ones?
2: Scott Drew's not winning. Okay.
0: 100%. Wait, is this
2: basketball or football? Basketball. Okay, he wants basketball. both. He wants both. Oh, okay. He wants both. Yeah.
1: Okay. let start, so start with basketball. So assuming the other contestants
2: yeah. are the coaches. Scott Drew's not winning. No chance. See you, Scott Drew. hmm
0: Agreed with that. S- let's see. Uh, BYU has uh, Mark Pope, who's like seven feet tall. So he, really? he has a shot.
2: Okay, okay. But... Yeah,
0: Kelvin Sampson's not winning, yeah. I don't think. But see, there are certain games the, where who's it's... Cincinnati's it's, head coach? It's smarts-based. It's not just phys- physique-based. Who's Cincinnati's head coach? It's yeah. uh, Wes Miller. Okay. Maybe. Kelvin uh, right. Sampson's probably too old.
2: Kelvin Sampson's not winning. I don't think Bill Self would win. No I, Self would win. <laughs> no, I
0: don't think Bill Self would win.
2: Jerome Tang is too much of a clown. He would he would screw something up. I think he's Jerome Tang's too nice of a guy.
0: Yeah, he's not winning. Um, Let's see. Then we have... I don't know who the West Virginia coach is. Who, what about the Texas Interim Tech? Game. Who's their coach? Uh, Grant McCasland, bit of a oh, guy, right, right, slender. Yeah, yeah. He could okay. be up there.
2: He could be up there. Uh, Jamie Dixon. Oklahoma State, Mike Boynton, I feel like would have a good chance to win. Right? Yes. Jamie Dixon, no. Rodney Terry, Porter Mosier no. Who's
0: UCF's basketball?
2: Rodney coach? Terry, no. I feel I like I want to Boynton look up who the UCF
0: basketball coach is, but I kind of... Oh, Johnny Dawkins. Well, he's he's a bit older. Mike Boynton I think, might be the answer here, right? Oh wait, what
2: about TJ Alzenberger?
0: He doesn't he's not smart enough. Oh. He's not smart enough. He would TJ Alzenberger would make guy. some noise and he's, then he would lose doing something stupid. Yes. He makes like the that. final four and then he'd do something really dumb. And yeah. would
2: go out. No, I I agree with that. So um, I think Mike Boynton is my pick.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair pick.
2: He's one of the younger coaches. I think he's pretty smart. But also,
0: you know he's pretty built. They, they let the NCAA into their house. That wasn't a smart move. You know, he might be susceptible to being tricked by someone over the course of the Squid uh, Games.
2: Okay, okay, okay. I see, I see, yeah. I don't know. I'm take Grant are McCasland. We, are we underselling Bill Self? Does Bill Self has, have a real shot here? It's just harder for the older guys, I
0: think. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. That's true. I think mentally he'd be there. All right. On
2: yeah. the football side,
0: Kalani think- Satake for BYU. Okay. That yeah. dude's a mountain. Um, so that's interesting I'm got, not taking Cincinnati No that's not happening
2: You got Joey McGuire At uh, mm. Texas Tech
0: No I'm not taking him I'm Maybe. not taking uh, Dana Holgerson No No His hair's too bad Matt Campbell's gonna be like Yelling at somebody like This yeah, is Matt the, They broke the rules And then somebody's yeah. gonna like Get him Yeah he'll be complaining um. too
2: much <laughs> uh, Brent Venables I feel like Brent Might Venables have a could chance be good. to be good Yeah And he, he Gundy, clearly know. thinks Outside the box With his defense Yeah Mike Gundy No uh, Dave What about Dave Aranda well.
0: Dave Aranda Yeah maybe
2: I don't know They just got blasted By, by Texas State though, So maybe not Neil Brown <laughs>
0: No uh, Gus Malzahn Steve Sarkeesian No I'm yeah. gonna go either Brent Venables Or Kalani Satake I like Brent That's Venables That's what I'm settling
2: Who's Cincinnati's head coach Oh uh, Scott Satterfield
0: Right Yeah No he's not winning No No yeah, what about, I'm gonna we, take Brett what, about uh, what about Lance? Mm. We I also didn't know. mention Chris Clayman. Yeah, doesn't do anything for me. No, yeah. Screw I'm you. going Brett Venables. I think he's a good combination of still athletic. He's cagey. He's okay. also still like clearly. I, I don't know. He's a very smart guy. I mean, look at what's happened to Clemson since he's left. Not good. Yeah, I'll go with Brett Venables too. Okay. All right, next question from last one from Eli. Rank these three inventions the telephone, the automobile, and the air conditioner.
2: So, are we needing to rank these based off of like their societal impact?
0: No, or based off of like how It's your them. ranking. You can put in value whatever you want. Hmm. I'm doing them for me personally. For
2: me personally, I'd probably go one air conditioner. That's pretty good. I don't want to be hot. And I know you don't like to be hot either. That's probably pretty high up on you. Oh, yeah. there.
0: air conditioning is number one for me. <laughs> Not close. Okay,
2: so we're both on air conditioning.
0: <laughs> I could. I, I. Everybody's addicted to their phone, and I am. But in a world where there were no telephones and nobody ever got addicted, yeah, I kind of want to put fun. phone last. Yeah,
2: I kind of want to go air conditioner, automobile, phone.
0: See, the automobile one is tough for me because, like, in in the world where there's no automobile, are we saying? Are there still like trains? Would there just be more public transportation? That would be good. Like, would there be more bikes? Would there be less pollution? Would there be more trains? Would there be more like what's other forms of transportation that's not? Well, you probably wouldn't have buses. No, you wouldn't have buses because that's an automobile. So, trains, bikes. I mean, There still be planes. Trolleys, hypothetically. trolleys. Uh. And we just have more of it. Yeah. So like, if it's like, know. oh, I have to get to this place, I'll just take the train. So I actually put automobile, I th- do autom- automobile third. No, I'm going second because I, got I like. To.
2: I like to have the freedom to go wherever I want anytime. So give me yeah. automobile. I think I could survive without the phone. But like you said, though, it's yeah, it's, it's easier said than done because we live in a world where your your phone is an extension of yourself. Mm-hmm. But I think I would be okay with no phones, no telephone. Okay. Now the bad news for us on our show would be how would we get any information? <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. And how would we talk we'd just to be our guests? It in the newspaper. We wouldn't be able to
2: have any guests. You know? That'd be terrible. Yeah. No guests. But there should be computers. We'd
0: just have people like you know, oh, zoom in. I don't you know? know, maybe. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. I'm putting that there. All right.
2: Air conditioning one because I don't like to be hot. I don't be able to. telephone three.
0: He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a timeout. We got our hit of the week coming up next, brought to you by Pearson Collision. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN, depending on it. About half past four here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to get to our Chiefs Lions preview coming up. In our next segment, we've also got some Brian Borland, Andy Kotelnicki, and uh, some more KU football player audio coming throughout the rest of the show. We've got a new segment alert. I'm excited for this one. It's called the Hit of the Week, and it's going to be exactly what you expect. What is the Hit of the Week of the KU football game? Brought to you by Pearson Collision. Just like you, Pearson Collision loves to celebrate a great hit in KU football, but in your car, not so much. They have quality work, every job, Pearson Collision. In Lawrence, when unfortunately you do have to deal with one of those hits to your car. <laughs> All right, so I, I I was going over and I was rewatching the game and I was trying to take notes. Like which yep. which hits would be considered the biggest hits of the game? I came down to like four um, options or candidates that I would throw in there. The first would be the first drive of the game. You run that blitz play. Missouri State gets the ball first, third down and eleven. Jeremy Robinson lines up in the interior. You crunch the quarterback. Jeremy Robinson gets the sack, uh, the the lone sack of the game for KU. I think that one would go up there, right? Wasn't yep. necessarily an overwhelmingly hard hit, but it's yep. still a big hit in terms of what it meant. Um, honestly, if if KU, th- this will not be end up being the pick, but I think it deserves mention. The play where Missouri State was in the Kansas red zone and they threw the drag route to the receiver. And I think it was Quentin Lassiter on coverage. He ends up getting toward the one-yard line. Lassiter's starting to tackle him. And Craig Young like is coming off a block from another receiver and hits him and the ball comes out. Missouri State recovered it. Mm. But if Kansas would have recovered that football, that might be the answer. Because you would yeah, I mean, have held out the yard line.
2: Yeah, if you have a hit that causes a fumble yeah. and you recover it, to me that qualifies you automatically almost as a hit
0: of the game candidate. Right. But unfortunately, they didn't recover. But it's, it's a worth at least bringing up. I thought Doug Amelian and Jared Casey had a bunch of downfield blocks that you could qualify for a bunch of those as, as maybe a hit of the game. Or maybe if you had a specific block that you liked, that could be the hit of the game. Here's the one that I think is going to be the answer, though.
2: Yeah, this is this is the one that I thought of.
0: Marvin Grant had a really good game for KU. The play where he meets Jacardia Wright, Jaquardia Wright, the good running back for Missouri State, in the hole, yeah. and it ends up being like a one- or a two-yard loss. Just smacks him, big time hit. Yep. Where you know if he doesn't meet the running back there, then who knows what happens. But he read the play well, came up, hit him hard in the hole. It was a tackle for loss. That to me is the hit of the game.
2: Yeah, I 100 agree with that that was the first play that I thought of when thinking about the hit of the game. Where he just comes up and it, you know, it wasn't even it wasn't even like it was a third down or a big play, but it was still just a really big hit, right? And, you know, anytime as a linebacker or safety. When you perfectly fill a hole and just absolutely pile drive the running back into the turf, that's a that's a big-time play. And it was a big hit, and that would be my vote for hit of the week, Marvin Grant. Okay, so
0: we're in agreement. Marvin Grant gets yep. it. We should keep track of these, who gets the we hit should, of the yeah, week we should, and see who week, ends up with the most. I was thinking
2: the same thing. Like Each week, we should keep track.
0: Yeah. So Marvin do, you have anybody,
2: Grant, do you have anybody that you think is going to be number one? with most, Overall, of most course, it, of the it week. might be
0: Marvin Grant. He's a big hitter. Or J.D. Brown. J.B. Brown. Those but I probably, think Marvin Grant will have more snaps. Could be. Yeah. Which will be helpful
2: there. Yeah. Maybe if we have some offensive linemen that pull and, you know, pancakes some people. Knock one over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. there will be good pancake ones in there, too. But yeah, I, I think Marvin Grant actually is the, the favorite. And it's not just because now he has one to his name. It's that <laughs> he just, like, he had a couple big ones last year, too, remember? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think Marvin Grant's a favorite. So uh, that'll be our hit of the week, brought to you by Pearson Collision. Pearson knows accidents happen, understand the stress and pressure. Pearson embodies trusted experience, meticulous repair, and they work with your insurance. Pearson Collision Repair, 7th in Connecticut in Lawrence. All right, we're going to take a timeout. We've got our Chiefs-Lions preview coming up on the other side. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We'll have uh, some more KU football audio coming at you in the 5 o'clock hour. Before we do that, though, the Kansas City Chiefs play tonight. It is the NFL season opener. We're officially fully back to football now. We have college football and NFL. Oh, yeah, we're back. No, we are are so back. Mm -hmm. Nobody is more back than us. (laughs) And we get the Chiefs tonight against the Detroit Lions, where... There is uh, certainly a lot of question. Who's going to be playing? We, we know Chris Jones not going to be playing. Sounds like he's going to be there, though, which that's kind of Yeah, what, dude, okay. What,
1: like,
0: what
2: are we doing? <laughs> Either go home and sit on your couch or get on the damn field. What, what, I don't understand. Where? Where is the disconnect here?
0: Either get on the field or get on your couch. Okay, I don't want to see you anywhere else. Well, he'll be there. He'll be there. It's ridiculous. Um, I, I guess we still haven't heard about the official status. Kadarius Toney, um I Travis Kelsey. Yeah, might Travis play. Kelsey. It sounds I like guess. so there know. was a report from uh, Ed Warder that Travis Kelsey is pleading like, gonna the trainer and to, Andy Reid to play.
2: Yeah, like gonna try to play. But I
0: don't know if they're gonna let him. I mean we know <laughs> we all know the what happened with the Patrick Mahomes, the ankle thing, and Andy yeah. Reid was like, No, you gotta get yeah. your extra and then he smashes someone on the sidelines. He's like, <laughs> dude I'm under the opinion I would prefer if Travis Kelsey just sat.
2: Yeah, I'm I would Kind of prefer that too, honestly. I mean, honestly, do you really need him to beat the Lions? Pfft, no. The line has dropped. It's like four and a half, five right now. Dude, I've tried to tell I've been well, saying it all week. Might be out too. I've been saying it all week. This is a classic game of
0: Oh, the Lions might be kind of good this year. Oh, there's no Chris Jones, no Travis
2: Kelsey. Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa is the Chiefs. What are they gonna do? And then here comes Mr. Big Bad Patch Mahomes, and he is just going to absolutely annihilate the line. I'm telling you, this game will be over by halftime. Okay. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. It'll be like 28-3 to 3 at half. Wow. Okay.
0: So they're you're going, to win by, the kill they're going to win by a lot. Yes. Huh? I'm very confident the Chiefs will win by a significant amount. Yes. Okay. So you're calling the kill shot there. Um, it is an interesting game in terms of you know, the Lions are this kind of trendy underdog team that's trying to take that next step this year. They're the favorites in their division. The Chiefs are obviously the Super Bowl defending champions. Low-key, the Lions had a top-ten offense last year. They were really good on the offensive side of the ball. Jared Goff, now you add Jameer Gibbs to the fold, who should add it at running back. David Montgomery, someone they signed over to the team. Amon Ross St. Brown is a really good receiver on the outside. Also, I didn't even know this. They got David Montgomery also. Yep, They signed David Montgomery. Said. Oh, you said that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're going through, and I didn't. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Well, okay. So this is a game that I'll say this because the Lions are good, because it's Week One, because Chris Jones isn't there, because Legarius Sneed might not play. I'm not going to overreact if the Chiefs defense doesn't look good. Oh yeah, me neither. I'll mildly react. I'll be like, well, that that shows how important Chris Jones is, and that. No, sort of I'm going
2: to have a very very rational reaction to this game. Of I think there's either either a good the chance the Lions put up some good points.
0: Undefeated, or they are
2: going to lose every game and never win again. Does that <laughs> I'm going to have a very very rational, normal non-insane reaction to this game. Okay.
0: Well, I, I think there's a good chance that the Lions do put up a good amount of points tonight. I'm I'm very in on the over in this game. It's like 53-and-a-half right now in so, DraftKings.
2: So, let me ask you this. Why wouldn't the Lions just run XP Dive every play with Jameer Gibbs and
0: Dave Montgomery till, <laughs> till the Chiefs <laughs> could stop it? Um... I don't think Jameer Gibbs is like an HB dive guy. I know you're saying that and just <laughs> running in general. I think they're going to use Gibbs in a lot of different ways. I think, I think so, too. I think yeah. the idea is they want – so Dan Campbell was on staff at New Orleans the the year that Alvin Kamara was a rookie. I think that's how they want to use him. They want to yeah. use him in a lot of, like, passing ways. I think so, too. Yeah,
2: I think they're going to try to throw him the ball a lot and mm-hmm. do some different stuff with him. Uh, so that makes sense. And obviously, I'm on Ross St. Brown, I guess. At some point, you have to recognize him as being in that upper echelon of receivers – Right? I mean, he's not a guy that, like, when you when you think top ten receivers in the league, he's probably not a sure. guy you would think of, but he's probably in that conversation. So, and no need. Now, obviously, you have a guy like Trent McDuffie who you would hope can, you know, lock him down. But, yeah, I mean, listen, as much as I keep saying that I think the Chiefs might just blow them out, uh, the Lions offense, in a vacuum, you would think, should be able to have a lot of success against the Chiefs defense. I mean... I think we both agree that the Chiefs defense without Chris Jones goes from like a fringe top ten defense to like
0: maybe bottom right. ten. <laughs> but to the flip side, if the Chiefs defense does look good tonight, yeah. I think that then screw you, Chris Jones. Well, I mean I mean that's gonna add more leverage. It will yes. for the Chiefs, right? Yes. Although, okay. Whatever what the Chiefs give, the... give up like fifty tonight, like last time they played Jared Goff, which I, I totally forgot about that. Remember last time yeah. Jared Goff and it, was like, yeah, it was like the to greatest game ever. or whatever, yeah. Um that was awesome. Even though the Chiefs lost, it was it was an awesome game. But like, what if they do give up fifty? Do they just immediately tomorrow be like, hey, Chris Jones I don't know. I don't think so. Please sign 30 million. Honestly, from all
2: indications with the Chris Jones crap is that both sides are very, 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 very heavily entrenched, and I don't think there's anything that's gonna like make either one suddenly change. So I honestly I'm just planning on no Chris Jones until week eight or whatever, or whatever week he has to show up. That's, that's honestly what I'm planning on at this point. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of. But I like, wish he would yeah. just go home and be on his couch. I don't want to see him at. No, don't come to the game. No, I feel like it's a distraction. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Is. Well, because that's what he said yesterday during his press conference. He said uh, the reason he's not doing a hold in, which is basically saying you're, you know, I don't know, you're, you're basically doing a hold out, but you're still with the team. Like you're still playing, but you're still wanting the contract. I guess that's what a hold in is. As opposed to hold out is because he didn't want to be a distraction. But so then is he's just going to do everything in his power since then to be a distraction. Yeah, I don't know how this isn't a distraction. Yeah, it's really honest. stupid. Yeah. Do you think if they show him on the big board, will he be booed, cheered? I think
2: he would probably be cheered, but they would I don't think the Chiefs would do that. I don't think the Chiefs would do that. Probably not. They wouldn't do that because. They control
0: the video board. They can just not show him. What if Clark Hunt says... Now, if he says, can show
2: him the broadcast, I don't... You know, if Clark Hunt
0: goes to the video board guy and he's like, show him on the screen, and he says, if the crowd cheers him, we will give him his contract. If they boo him, then we will feel like we are in the right.
2: No. That's literally the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And you say a lot of dumb stuff. That's well, the dumbest I've ever
0: heard. He's asking a question. No, that's dumb. But no, I, I think there's a good chance that the Chiefs give up a, a good amount of points here in this game. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I
2: said, I just, I just feel like this is a classic game of... Oh, everyone's going against the Chiefs, they don't have Travis, Chris Jones, they don't have Travis Kelsey, this side and the other, and then here comes Mahomes, and seriously, they go up like 21 nothing. I think that's very, very legitimately a possibility, and I do think that that's possible. I think it's either going to be a close game or that. I don't think there's going to be an in-between.
0: Okay. Well, I think on the offensive side of the ball for the Chiefs, Lions did not have a very good defense last year, so the no. Chiefs should be able to score points, even if you're without Travis Kelsey, even if you're without Kadarius Toney. Yes. It'll just be the best player players up. to
2: ever step on a football right. field.
0: Well, and what do we what do we say about the Chiefs receivers? It's that it's not that they have that star number one outside of Travis Kelsey, which obviously would be a big loss. But as far as if, like, Tony goes or not, they have a bunch of guys who at least are, like, competent. You know? And that should well, be able to show up. I don't up know if you're like
2: aware, that. but Mahomes in week one is, like, yes. the greatest quarterback of all time on steroids. <laughs> he's thrown for, in, like, five week one games. He's thrown for, like, almost 2,000 yards, never thrown an interception, and has a QBR of, like, $9 billion. So, what is that? What does that tell you? He's really good in week one. Yeah. He I think what that tells you so about, is Andy Reid. Yeah, I think that what I think what that tells you is that the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reed, are so good at over the course of an entire offseason coming up with new schemes, coming up with new philosophies on what they want to do and how they want to attack defenses. And when you don't have when a defense doesn't have any previous film like from like re- very recently to prepare off of they just get exposed by the scheming and whatever off-season stuff, Andy Reid and Mahomes have come up with. That's that's what that tells me. That's that's why that's why I read that. I read that as like they spend a lot of time in the off-season developing and coming up with different ideas, that you know based off of maybe some of the stuff they did from the previous season. That there's no defense that can be adequately prepared to play them week one. That's what that tells me.
0: Yeah, for sure. The one thing that that would give me a little bit of pause here is that so the Lions didn't do a ton to overhaul the defense that wasn't very good last year. They did draft Jack Campbell in the first round, so we'll see how much that that changes to the linebacker position. Uh, they also one of their defensive linemen uh, was hurt a lot last year, so he's back. What if Aiden Hutchinson takes that leap? He was he was pretty good as a rookie last year. Yeah, he, but he wasn't like dominant. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he saw. But he's the former number two pick in the draft. He had nine and a half sacks last year. What if he takes that leap to being that guy who has? But a But is that going to happen team? week one? Well, you would see it in Week One. What I'm saying is, you have new offensive tackles for the Chiefs. Yeah. What if he takes over the game in a certain start- and when I say take over, like, but
2: okay, let me ask you this: If that happens, are you going to view that more as Oh, Aiden Hutchinson's that dude, or are you going to view it more as the Chiefs have some problems with their tackles?
0: No, I'll probably view it more as Aiden Hutchinson's that dude. Like so you're in not the same gonna, way that like so Max you're not going to Crosby- be like,
2: oh. The Chiefs the Chiefs have some issues with Ta- like Joan Taylor maybe not as good. Oh, like it's not ideal, you know.
0: But like we've seen like last year, Max Crosby like dominated Orlando Brown. They were fine long term. Like it wasn't great, but you were fine, <laughs> and they still put up 30 points in that game. So that's why like Aiden Hutchinson can have a great game, you could still put up 30 points. I'm not not saying that, but that is the one thing that scares me a little bit. That like what if what if the Lions' offense is tough to stop for a Chiefs defense that's playing shorthanded and Aiden Hutchinson has a two and a half sack game. And that's the difference between you only scoring 28 or 31 and then putting up 35 or something. That would be the one question for me.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I like you said, with the D-line stuff, like, I think a lot of Chiefs fans would look at it the other way. I think a lot of Chiefs fans would say, oh, this guy is falling. We paid Juwan Taylor to be bad. And we have uh, the guy from the Bucks, I can't never Donovan remember his Smith. Name. Donovan Smith. Donovan mm-hmm. Smith. He has such a basic name, I can't remember what it is. Do, like, Donovan Smith, that could be anybody. Donovan Smith could be the guy next to you. He's on the, a creative player on Matt. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he can be anybody. Uh, so yeah, I think I think a lot of Chiefs fans would react the opposite way. I think they would say, "Well, we suck. Offensive line sucks. We're screwed." I don't think people. I mean, maybe on a, maybe from a more national media perspective, people would say, "Oh, look at Ada
0: Hutchinson." Look oh at, yeah, you know. no. From a national perspective, people will take that and run with it as like Orlando Brown was in the right. Yeah, exactly. It, I don't think it'll be that, but <laughs> the yes, that that narrative will get taken. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So
2: and, and you know somebody that has not been discussed hardly at all for the Chiefs is Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco. He's been coming back from uh, off-season surgery, didn't really play a whole lot in the preseason. What's he going to look like? I mean, what, what, what's his role going to be? Or is it going to be more of a Jarek McKinnon? I have Jarek McKinnon on my fantasy team, and he's on my bench right now, so I don't. I hope Jarek McKinnon has not a good game because then I'll be upset.
0: I 100% – I've already actually bet on this. I can 100% this be, see this being a game where Clyde Edwards-Alaire has um, – like a touchdown or something. Oh. Well, why? Just because Isaiah Pacheco's coming back from it. it just be an Andy Reid thing. I don't know. It would be an Andy Reid thing. Right? To just yeah, no be Travis like, Kelsey. Here's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah. 20 carries. Really? Yes. <laughs> well, I don't even think 20 carries. Just like a game where he has like five carries, but he has like two <laughs> touchdowns or something. You know, just one of those weird games. I can see happen. Yeah. Um, okay, here, yeah. here's a little game we're going to play. If okay. the Chiefs lose tonight, what do you think will be said overarching like afterwards?
2: Like how big of a deal do you think it'll be? How big of a deal do I think it'll be personally, or how do how big of a deal do I think other people will make it? Both if they lose. Uh I mean, if they lose, I will be very rational. I will be very sane. I will not have insane takes. I will not think that the Chiefs are gonna lose every game for the rest of time. I will be very normal, not think that my Mahomes is the worst quarterback of all time. Don't worry. Uh I think other big picture wise. The immediate reaction I think will be a bit more extreme, but as the season goes on, let's say Travis Kelsey comes back, you get Chris Jones back, this would be a game, this would be a very this could become a very forgettable loss if the Chiefs go on, you know, throughout the rest of the season. Now, the issue though is in a conference like the AFC, one game, any game, could be the difference between being between you being a one seed and you being like A three or four seed. I mean, if you go 12 and five, the Bills could easily go 12 and five or 13 and four. The Bengals could easily go 12 Mm and five or 13 and four. Hell, the Ravens, we talked about them earlier in the week. They could easily potentially be a team that's in that discussion. So uh, it's, you know, when you're in a conference like this, you know, in the NFC, who cares? You lose one game. Who's what? The Saints are going to be there? Oh, oh, oh. um, the, the, The Packers, the Vikings? No, it doesn't matter. In the AFC, it does matter. Every game does matter. You know, going back to when the NFL went away from having the top two seeds be have a bye in just one one seed, I think initially there was some negative reaction to it, but now from the Chiefs' perspective, it makes every game matter that much. It really does. I yeah. mean, every game does matter. Like, you can go – I mean, the Chiefs, if things had played out maybe a little differently towards the end of the season last year where the Bills and the Bengals game happens or whatever and, it, and it, you know – that go, that ends up happening, the Chiefs. You would you would look back and you would say the Chiefs lost the one seed when they lost to the Colts. That you could have the same thing happen this year if mm-hmm. you lose to the Lions and the Lions end up being a six or five or six win team, they end up not being that good, and the Chiefs are one game off the one seed. You would say, well, there's where you lost the one seed in week one, right? And that's crazy to say, but that is it's really not that far fetched no, so that that could be something our... that could happen.
0: Okay, flip side. What if the Chiefs win? What do you think we're going to be saying after the game?
2: If the Chiefs win, uh, I will, again, will be very normal, very rational. I will not assume the Chiefs are going to go 25-0 and 0 <laughs> or however many wins you need. What is it? To win the Super Bowl, how many, what is You'd it? You'd have to be 20-0. And and yeah. Okay. I will not be saying the Chiefs will go 20-0. I'll be very rational. I'll be a no- very normal. I will not say that Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time, ahead of Tom Brady, by far, not even close. I'll be very normal. you uh, these are things you won't say? Because I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of thinking it's going to be the
0: opposite. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I think... I don't know. If the Chiefs win, okay, let's look at this from two ways. If the Chiefs win how I think they could win, if they just blow out the Lions, then I think it'll be Mahomes is that dude, Andy Reid's that dude, and it doesn't matter. Fill in the blank about anybody else on the team. If they have Mahomes and Andy Reid, they are, they, it, it, you can do that any game of the week, any any day of the week. If it's more of a close game, I think it'll be similarly to like if they lose, to be honest. I think it'll be a game where... It'll just be a forgettable win, especially if you go forward with with and you get Kelsey back and, and Chris Jones back. So I I don't I don't know I think I think people will, will depending on if the Chiefs win or lose I think the reaction will be probably swept under the rug one way or the other because if they lose you can just blame it on well no Chris Jones no Travis Kelsey if they win you can just be like yeah they're that good even if as long as they have Mahomes they're that good and yeah. I think that's just, that's just what it'll be.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with both those. All right, uh, before we take time out, I will say I just got this uh, update from uh, my trusty NFL Network app. Uh, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey will not play tonight against the oh, Lions. Yeah. I got that update too. From Ian Rapoport, So, But because I'm not tied to my phone, I didn't see it right away. Okay. Uh, by the way, so the best Thursday of the year is coming up. It's tonight. It's all about NFL opening night. Football's back and DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL is hooking up new customers with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Place your first $5 bet on the NFL and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. You can bet on uh, somebody score a touchdown like Clyde Edwards-Alaire that's going off at like 500 or plus 650 or something like that. I'm in on Justin Watson because, you know, one other target they're going to have to throw to. Honestly, Matt Bushman If I can see odds for that, if those are like eight to one, he got elevated from the practice squad with Travis Kelsey out, I might get on that. Don't wait till kickoff to get in on the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KLWN. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five. That's code KLWN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort.